Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of JL's podcast um, titled Honest Chats. Um, now this week I've got my friend Aaron that I'm going to be interviewing and just before we listen to that interview, just want to let you know that this podcast runs weekly and it's every Tuesday that a new episode gets released. Now just about this episode, I've known Aaron for the better part of um, probably about 10 years and um, you know we, we found um, that we reconnected um, in, in the past couple of years so um, it's a really interesting um, and, and really enjoyable conversation that I ended up having with Aaron. Now um, just to for those of you who are tuning back in again welcome back for those of you who are um, new welcome as well. Um, this episode is about an hour and a half long, so I actually cut it back into two episodes. So you will have part one this week and part two next week, which means for those of you who have been following along, um, it actually pushes back one of the bonus episodes that I was going to release next week to um, a fortnight, uh, which is not a bad thing because this conversation was actually a really great conversation and I found that I got a lot out of it. So I hope that you get a lot out of it as well. Um, and again, hope you enjoy it. Um, hope you join the conversation. Feel free to get in touch with me if you're connected with me through social media. Um, I'm there. And um, yeah, pass it along to somebody who might be blessed by this. And without further ado, here's the honest chat that I had with my friend Aaron. podcast for another episode of Honest Chats with Friends. And today I've got Aaron Brown on my, um, well, we're going to talk about that, how long we've known each other in a little while. But if you are tuning in, you're new, welcome. If you're coming back, welcome as well. As you might have heard, we're actually outside. We're in the Swan Valley. It's a beautiful place. Oh, yeah. Cafe called Yahava. Um, yeah. Also in the flight path of planes. So That's it. <laughs> you're gonna got a dam behind us. Got an orchard to, to the left. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, you know, is that? Yeah, it's, it's awesome out here. There's stupid birds. <laughs> yeah. Ruining the recording. But it's all good. We're chucking into we're chucking into isotope man and just yeah. RX that out. You know? Yeah. But if if you were connected with with this from the get go, you'll know that I do very little editing and so I don't care about background noise as much <laughs> just because I want to keep it original and keep it to, to, real, uh, to real stuff so um, welcome Aaron um, Aaron actually reached out and I think um, I think you might have you might have seen the title of one of the podcasts I did earlier and then you're like bro we need to have a conversation and so yeah. That, that was, yeah yeah that was good so I, uh, how to serve when you're still in the struggle or something. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. when you're not okay. So I was interested to see the, the thought process behind it. Yeah. 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 We, we can talk about that as well. So um, I don't have a time limit either, which is which is good because it means then we don't have to 
shorten this conversation. Mm. So, now I was trying to remember, yeah, which I don't, yeah, how we met. Well, if, you can't, if you can't remember, <laughs> then I can't remember. Nah, nah. I remember. Um, I think the first time that I met you, I heard you play piano at Grace Life. Oh, you're kidding. That time. Yep. You were young then, man. I'm talking no afro, no beard. <laughs> you were like this brown chocolate skinned, just straight up good looking brother right there. And I was like, oh, what is he playing on the piano? I am still brown. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you are. I was. I know you are. You yeah. were now, you're more baby face back then, put it that way. Yeah, I was. I didn't have a beard. <laughs> this beard has saved me. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, I think we were young, man. We were young. Younger, that was piano. Like, dude, that was over 10 years ago. Easily. Yeah, it was. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as we've got older, we've sort of reconnected in another way. Yeah. I reckon. Have no, it's awesome. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah, we have. We have. <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding me. Because mm. I, I think you talk a little bit about that most of the time that we met. You're like, man, I still remember you. still play the keys. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> man. But yeah, man. I funny that. enough, I actually... Now just got a keyboard. Um, Did at you? Home now. Yeah. Ah. So, yeah, I'm borrowing a friend's keyboard. It's got its own speakers, and so I don't have to have the whole rig. Yep. <laughs> so it's good. Good. I'm getting back into it. No getting doubt. Halibadoozy on. <laughs> um, Halibadoozy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about because I think one of the things that brought us. <laughs> together like we connected with really strongly on was the fact that we both actually love music yeah uh, we started with worship music obviously because it was a church scene and that's where yep. um, that's where we started connecting but um i wanted to find out like for you where did the love of music come from oh same man um my love for music came from growing up in church you know um i think my mum said that from the age of two um I used to tap anything I could, like when I was a kid. Yeah. She's like, she always used to say, the, the saying was, is that I had a, a a song in my heart. That's what she used to tell me. Yeah, wow. You know, I was sort of beat to my own drum sort of thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, then, um, so I was around music in church, so around guitar, around, you know, worship, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then there's a song, old school song, you know it, Jesus Lover of My Soul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that was big. I was like a twelve year old kid and I was like, Jesus <laughs> You know? And my pastor heard it and he was like, You need to sing it on Sunday, you yeah, know, at wow. church, right? And so yeah. I did a solo item and I sang Jesus on my soul and uh, high pitched as anything and I sung it in church and everyone sobbed in the church. Wow. Just like wow. and that's when I knew yeah. I knew I had something from twelve. You know what I mean? 12 years old, yeah. Um, and as time progressed, you know, like into high school, started listening to like hip-hop, mm. R&B music, yeah. um, slow jams. Um, slow jams. Started getting into like different producers like Timberland mm. and Pharrell. Um, R&B singers like Aaliyah, Genuine, um, oh man, Lauren Hill. Mm. All these different people, you know, I was like, this is a whole new world for me. Yeah. I was like, I want to sing like that. Yeah. And it just so happened to be that I had this like soulful sort of voice. And the more I listened to the music, the more I'd imitate the way that they would sing. And I listened to gospel artists like Kurt Franklin, 
yeah, Marvin Sapp, yeah, yeah. you know, and he had this song called Revolution, Preach yeah. Preacher, you know, yeah. he used to be like, oh man, I loved it, it was the best, and then, um, and then I sort of just like started listening to the beats, and then beatboxing happened, and I was oh, just yeah, like, that's right. that's I right. was like, so I think I was like year eight, Sweet. year eight, year nine, I tried it, and I got teased, and I was like, mm. You know, I was like, I'm not going to try that anymore. You know, they're like, nah, you whack, man, you're whack. And I was like, okay. And so then in high school, year 10, year 11, the boys were standing in a group and they were like, yo, someone drop a beat. And I dropped this beat. Yeah. And one of the boys was like, nah, man, you're nothing, man. Everyone else was like, heck yeah. yeah. You know? And so I just taught myself beatboxing after that. Yeah. And so it just progressed from there, man. I always knew, like, when I was a young kid, I used to watch the Grammys, and I used to watch like the Stellar Awards, um, or um, I used to be in the choir at school as well. So I sung for an Anzac service, so um, I got hit by a car when I was a kid, and I still sung for the Anzac service, even though I had like a um, broken leg, and everyone cried in the, the yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, it was like a, this way that I could one, express myself, Two, I was good at it, mm. and yeah, I just ever since then I've had that whole thing. I used to watch the Grammys. I cry watching the Grammys, going, "Oh man, these guys are making records." Yeah. And I just yeah. saw myself doing that. Yeah. But then you think, okay, I'm a white kid <laughs> from Perth, most <laughs> isolated city, one of them in the in the world. Yeah. Um, I like R and B music, mm-hmm. which is not the 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 most popular genre in my state in Australia. or in Australia you know what I'm saying it's <laughs> yeah. like it's you know unless you're like really into ACDC rock sort of yeah. dun, 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 you know like, I was like nah, oh, that wasn't me yeah. you know what I mean nah, I was more like yeah just that smooth sort of nice music you could say yeah. I used to think it was nice music and it was around the time where I think um, like when you were to start discovering that if it feels like end of towards the end of the 90s early 2000s oh yeah that was it's my- when like that was R&B, my jam, man. Hip hop, rap just hit like a real sweet spot yep. around the world. Like, yep. it became really accepted. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was massive in Australia. It just took over. Pro- I remember because I came in Australia in 2004. Mm. Um, yeah, and it was like everybody who was young was like, this Bro, is the thing. I loved it, um, man. I was just yeah. like, I'm glad that I- I'm grateful that I grew up in that era. Mm. Because I was like year eight, year nine. So, mm, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was hearing Ashanti. Yeah. You know, see, my days are cold without you. Uh, and I'm hurting while I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. I was like walking home with a chick going, Yeah, girl. You know, like, <laughs> oh, I had this crush on this chick and I was singing this song. And she was like, You got a good voice. And I was like, Hell yeah, validation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that was cool. But then, yeah, yeah then you got like, because I think the, the, the 80s and the, the early 90s was more like the MC era. Yeah. Like, Rakim, yeah, yeah. you know, um, yeah. all these guys coming out, you know, uh, like the Nazis, the Jay Z's, yeah. <clears throat> um, all these guys, man, and that, that was like Mob Deep, mm-hmm. and they were coming out with this intellectual MC. Everyone just went crazy, you know. Which now, like 2018, is still like <laughs> bars, bars. That guy's got bars, man. You know? But yeah, the the late nineties, early two thousands was like the Beyonces and yes, the Destiny Destiny's Child, Child and um, you know Jaleel, Jaleel, Ashanti, you know um, yeah. SWV, um, all these ones, man, and they were just making hit. Mary J Blige, like they were just yeah, making wow. hits, dude. Yeah, I remember that. And so that really influenced me, yeah, massively. Yeah, and I sort of just kept that 
sort of going. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I started beatboxing in church. Yeah. Um, Heard you. And that was wild. Like, because I used to have this vision, like I was just sitting there and I would picture Jesus sitting on his throne and he'd be bouncing to what I was putting out. And that was what I was... That's, that's awesome. what That's the vision I had yeah. when I was in church. Yeah. And so it took it from being not a performance to worship. Worship, yeah. And I tried to put that into just how I did things through myself. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So, yeah. But hip-hop and R&B's had a, an influence on my life. Not always in a good way too, you know? Like, I will say it. Let's <laughs> get raw here. You church, know? Did it. <laughs> like, hip-hop and R&B, you know, like it, it can be very central. It can be very mm. like... You know, always talking about relationships yeah. and breakups, and so it puts a thing in your mind where you're like, oh, "Okay, you know, mm. this is different from what I grew up in church." Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, well, maybe there's more than one way in life. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got to check yourself. You yeah. Go, well, yeah. Uh, you know, and I've seen my friends get sucked into that. Yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. One thing I, I'm so grateful for, yes, I did go to a club. It's the only time I've ever been to a club. It's the only time I've ever been to a club. Yeah. But the reason I went is because Boys to Men and Casey and JoJo came. They were, they were performing at Metro's in Northridge. I got to see them live. Oh, bro. And they were doing like, you know, um, like they did like, uh, I'm love to you. And they're throwing roses to the crowd. All the girls are going crazy. You know, they, these guys are like in their mid to late 30s, and you got flipping 20 year olds, 19 year olds going, Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that was really cool, man, to see like guys that I'd seen like on oh, MTV yeah. and, you know, doing all these songs I loved um, live. Yeah. They're the only two guys I've ever seen in concert live. Wow. I need to see more. For a music enthusiast, well, that's you terrible. Do. You do. You, you do need I mean? to see more. You need to get, um, yeah, <coughs> learned. Yeah. That's awesome. So you you've pretty much carried that love for music like through your. I have, man. But so for me, the here's here's one question that I have for you is that, I mean, I don't remember the kind of time you went. You, you started going for the soul music of the like a Christian genre soul music mm. and I know that R&B and hip hop I mean I don't think it has it roots in church and things like that because and, and now the popular you know like a lot of the popular worship music in church has been strongly influenced by obviously the most popular music around you got your hill song you came you came from you know in Australia if you're in Australia it's like it's planet shakers mm. that were part of that it's the Right, it's the C3, um, you know, and then if you're in America, Jesus today, Culture, Jesus Bethel, culture, Bethel IHOP, um, IHOP, yeah, massive ones. Um, that was so, hard for me, man. Yeah, so singing like how white did you people manage music. that. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'll be, hey man, I'll be like, I was, you know, as I said, man, I was influenced heavily by gospel. Yeah. You know, so I'd hear black and African American girls getting up, going, "Oh yeah," you know, mm. and I'm going, and then you hear freaking, um, what do you call it? Like, you hear, uh, oh what? You hear um, Joel Houston. Yeah. Same power. Yeah. The grave lives in me. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I was like, I don't sing like that. <laughs> And, you know, you go to, you go live, you go to, uh, you know, all these other things. I went to Planet Shakers as a young kid. I'm not saying power's not on that music, because it is. But it just didn't vibe with But you. it was just, 
that was their expression yeah. for music yeah. and for worship. And so I was grateful that I was in a team, you know, in my church, like my church team, my church uh, music team. Mm. And there was only four of us, man. So we didn't have a band. We had a guitar, we had a piano, we had four vocalists. So we got to create a synergy over a decade. Yeah. Where we knew our voices, right? And so we did songs. Yeah, we did the Bethel songs. We did the Hill song. We did the Jesus Culture, all that stuff. But we went outside of that. We started doing things like uh, Israel Horton. Mm. You know? Yeah. He paved Chris, the way for, for like yeah for Christmas like events and stuff and he dude he he's a gospel artist man yeah you know what I mean like he Kirk Franklin yeah Kirk Franklin was a big he's still doing it today man. yeah you know what I mean yeah. these guys are the the um, the Sheard sisters Kiara Sheard and um like her mum and her aunties and stuff like mm. they pay, they are on Jay Z's new album four 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 yeah wow you know they paved the way for 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 gospel music Yolanda Adams massive singer yeah you know but she got Grammys. For um, staying true to her her gospel music, but mm. she got Grammy awards. That's recognised because back in those days, um, you couldn't win a Grammy award unless you were signed to a record label. Now yeah. it's different. They just opened it up so the independents can go for Grammys now. Okay. So you'll see a very different outcome, like come about yes, yeah, now yeah, because yeah. there's so much talent in underground rap. Yeah. And guys who are doing it on their own, they're getting their own film crews, they're getting their, they're creating their own beats, they're getting their own producers, and a label isn't backing any of them. Mm. So it, to them, it's like they're keeping 100% of their royalties, their masters. Wow. That's all them. Wow. In those days, when you sign to record label, they keep your masters. They own everything. They own that. Yeah. And you can't get that unless you pay a ridiculous amount of money for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Because they got the rights for that. Yeah, you get paid like royalties for writing and stuff. They do all these song splits. But um, say if a movie in 10 years' time wants to use a record that was made 15 years ago, they got the masters, so they they don't need to ask you if they want to put that on a movie. Mm. So they, don't, they don't need your permission. So in a, in a way, you don't really have the, the right to how your songs get exactly um, get used exactly. and in what context and what message and yeah, yeah wow it's like a percentage of money I think there's like it's like 1.8 billion dollars that's um, tied up right now mm. that's money just sitting there because artists and producers can't agree on the percentage of who did what on the song so those songs haven't been released and there's money tied up that they're still owed to them 20 years down the track because they can't agree on the splits yeah, right. for, for that one song that's crazy it's annoying man you know like it's there's so much good music that's yet to be, even be released because of that reason alone Jeez. you know what I mean so yeah I I did I did struggle I felt like a bit of a fish out of water mm. um, with that because you know you want to you want to be you, right? Mm -hmm. And then, as I said, like I'm white, but I sing soulful. Yeah. You know, yes. I used to have people come up and go, there's a black man on the inside of him. You know, like, <laughs> and it's like, I mean that with respect. I mean that with respect. You know what I mean? That with respect, right? Yeah, I know. You know? <laughs> um, and I was just like, man, you can't say that when you introduce me to somebody, mm. especially, you know, like, uh, just, yeah, one of those things. <laughs> I said, I just sing soulful, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was difficult to sort of find my lane or my place. Um, I found like that I didn't really want to continue singing those yeah. sorts of songs in worship. 
so I sort of lost not interest in worshiping God, but just that expression. Yeah. And so now I'm turning thirty this year. Um, I'm only really now discovering what sort of expression I want to give to the world mm. and to God. Yeah. You know, and I got to stay true to that. Yeah. Because that's what He put in me from the beginning. Man. It's all. It all comes from the Creator, right? So I'm. I'm. I'm interested to see what what can come out. Mm. As far as when creativity happens, and you know what songs go with what, and you know how I'm going to do this or what I'm going to try here, or that's a whole new world for me. Yeah, it's right. like that's freedom. Mm. You know, that's what everyone craves to do, but they feel like, oh, I can't do that. Whether they care yeah. about what other people think, or they can't do it in their current city, or it won't mm. cater to what people like, or yeah. you know, yeah. and then they shy back or they settle for something else. And, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, it was difficult, but it was, you know, I wouldn't change it, though, because off those songs and being around that atmosphere of people singing and, and the way they did worship songs um, in church, I learned to worship. Yeah. And I can never say that I didn't. I'll be lying to you. Because <clears throat> okay. I did I did, I did learn how to worship. I did learn how to connect with God through music, through that sort of music yeah. even though it wouldn't have been my first preference mm. and and like when in our conversations when we talk um, as well like it's not like you've completely written off that that whole genre like I, you still tell me like I, I experienced God and it wasn't in a rap song you know it wasn't exactly. it, it was in the, that you know like so what's what's one that I think we talked about um, last year I think, no, two years ago, Hillsong released an album uh, where they went around in Jerusalem in yeah. Israel. And, oh, and man. a couple of yeah, songs dude. in there, like, we were talking, and he was yeah, like, man, man, have you heard One this? that was, like, recorded in, like, the tomb of Jesus, yeah, or out yeah. the front of yeah. the tomb of Jesus. Yeah. And I was like, man, there like, was just fire all over that. But, but then, again, you think about it, and you go, dude, like, um, they also had a, a change in producer, too, mm. for their team. Yeah. So he was very, they were, I don't know if it's he or she, but they were very smart in mm. the way... It, it was like nothing else I'd ever heard of his songs. Yeah. It was raw. Yeah. It was real. It was very The way real, it was yeah. mixed was like... Yeah. Just... It had something else. Yeah. It came alive, man. Yeah. And you could you could sense that it was done in a different place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It was different to... Any, and I... I reckon... See, that's the thing. You cannot limit God or you can't limit a genre of music or, mm. or something else like you know when you know. Yeah. You can sense something on something. You yeah. know what I mean. You can sense like that. That that's a good song. Or yeah. you can sense like like we're going to talk about church context or God context. You can sense when you feel the presence of God or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. So. Um, yeah. But you know, like I've heard like, but been saying that I've heard people that don't even know God. They do songs, and it still moves you. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you see someone do an act of kindness, and mm. they don't know God. Yeah, and it still so. moves you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's what God really want wants for all of us, man, is this whole collective um, sort of step in those directions to, to help each other and love one another, you know, all that sort mm. of stuff. So yeah. Um, yeah. I understand yeah, that. You gotta you can't you can't get locked down in limiting God just because of your preference. Yeah. You do that, you'll miss out. Absolutely. You really I miss out that. on things that um has for you. <laughs> That you could gain, you know, like I could be sitting with a country artist, mm. and I know I'm hip hop. Yeah. But this person's giving me a perspective 
you know, or even in different character. Like I might be a person who's, you know, really open, mm. really into vulnerability, you know, and um, I might be sitting across from somebody who isn't like that, mm. but yet they're dropping bombs of wisdom on me mm. and getting me to think. Yeah, you know, like whatever way it comes, man. You know, you have to be open to it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's massive. Yeah, awesome. I dig yeah, that's it. Great. So you say you're turning 30 this year, mm. finding a lot more freedom. And can you can you talk about how you got to this place? Got to this place where you're like, I'm ready. You know, it's almost seems like there's um, a readiness, and you're like, yeah, I think I want to start exploring. Yeah. You know. Um, this aspect I think um, I think for me um, all this the place I'm at now yeah. um, came out of pain and suffering that's why it struck me that heading when you said you know how to still serve while she suffer or yeah. whatever it was the, yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was but um, <clears throat> and yeah so I've um, I'll, I'll be honest with you man you know what I mean? Um, You're into vulnerability, yeah, Aaron. Into vulnerability. <laughs> I'm talking um, to you, so let's, yeah, let's talk. You know, so it's like throughout my life, you know what I mean? From a young child, I um, always struggled with anxiety yeah. and fear. Mm. Um, and, you know, feeling insecure, you know what I mean? Um, from a young age, I remember that, you know? And I'd have moments of where it was, it was okay. Yeah. And then I'd have other moments where it wasn't okay. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, that's even being, you know, around church and around God and around prayer and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, mm. It's like when you get saved, man, or when you when you find God or you make that decision to follow Christ. Um, it doesn't mean your problems just go away. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's an ongoing process of of you becoming a new a new person. Absolutely. Of you adopting new mindsets. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to leave maybe the coping mechanisms that you have learnt from other people. Because you, you take it all into account. You've got Absolutely. family of origin. Yeah. You've got um, experiences that you've grown up with, things mm-hmm. that you've done, things that you've seen other people do, the way they've handled stuff. You try it, it doesn't work for you. Yeah. And then you go, well, who am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I experienced a lot of that growing up. Um, I was raised in a good family. Yeah. And I'm blessed that I have my, my parents, mm. my mum, my dad together, yeah. and my brothers and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think the real change for me that came was um, when I went through my marriage breakup. Mm. That was my real my real turning point. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, when me and my wife separated. Yeah, that's when. I was faced with a choice, real choice. Yeah. I could either, you know, let it defeat me and just let it topple over me and let, you know, depression and anxiety set in and rejection, all the other stuff that goes along with when you get hurt. Yeah. Or you get up and you move forward. Yeah. And you trust that there will be a brighter day, even if you don't feel it in the moment. Yeah. And I heard... Kirk Franklin like yeah, that's what I'm saying see I was exposed <laughs> to Kirk Franklin yeah. man, when I was a kid and I just heard him you know the other day he said that um, you know you can't trust your feelings and your emotions 
Mm-hmm. He was putting it in a gym context, but I'm putting it in a life context, you know? Yeah. Like, sometimes you need to make the choice and your feelings and emotions catch up later. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. yeah. You can't, if you always stay in your feelings and your emotions, you may never do anything because you're always going, oh, well, I can't do it. Mm. Mm. I'm not able to do it. Yeah. And I've been there. Yeah. But I've also been on the other side of, let's just go, let's just move forward mm. and trust that. I'll feel different once I've done it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's what I chose to do. You know, yeah, I chose true. to I chose to continue to to go forward, mm. to move forward. It was hard. Yeah. As we've spoken other <laughs> yes. times gone yeah. past, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Um, a lot of pain. Yeah. You know, that that goes with a marriage breakup. Um, Absolutely. You know, I experienced a lot of anxiety. I had panic attacks. Yeah. You know, I I I went from full time work. And, um, you know, taking care of all my own responsibilities and stuff. And mm-hmm. I jumped straight in because I felt God said, go and study audio engineering. Yeah. And I was like, uh, <laughs> to a person looking from the outside in. Doesn't make sense. You're going to give up full-time work and security mm. and comfort yeah. to go and study a degree where you... How are you going to live? How are you going to make money? Mm-hmm. You know, ha- well, I had all the questions thrown at me, even for family. Yeah. Can you make money in that industry? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, that just seems like the most, you know, um, illogical, you know, whatever the word is. Non practical. Yeah, non practical yeah. thing to do, Absolutely. man. It's like, you go, like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to. How are you going to live? You're turning 30 yeah. soon. Yeah. I was 26, I was 28 at the time, you know yeah. what I mean? And I just knew in myself, man, I was like, okay, I've been saying to people for years that I want to do music, that I want to do my own albums one day. Yeah. I know I can sing. I know I could, I know I could do something with it, mm. you know? And so now's the time. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to go two front in, two, two feet in. And just go. Just I'm just going to do something yeah. and move towards it. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen, yeah. and so I did it. And I left full time income, and I moved in with my parents, and I just started. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whilst I was going through a divorce. That's right. And and that's when we sort of like really reconnected. Yeah. Thing, like right at the time for me. That's why, dude, that's why I'm so grateful, man, for your friendship, man, because uh, it seemed like every time we got together, it yeah, was like, yeah. this is, this is just raw. Yeah, it was raw very conversation, raw. It was man. really raw. Like, I, I remember us sitting at Hillary's, bro, and, and you, um, I don't know, like, it, it just... It, it, I had a phone call. I had a phone had call, phone bro, call. and I came back and, and I was, was sobbing, bro. We were sitting like, on a, we were sitting on a bench, sitting on a bench, <laughs> bit, like we were just catching yeah. up. And then the phone call came, and and it, it just like it was coming in waves. And I think like looking from the outside in and just seeing you go through that, yeah, um, and like. Sometimes I, I, well, I never really knew what to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, what do you do? Do you know what I the thing? No you know what the beautiful thing was, man, yeah. is you didn't try to give me an answer. You didn't try to fix it. You just pretty much let me let me grieve. Yeah, you let me cry. Yeah, and you didn't run away. Yeah, and that that's priceless, dude. Yeah. Sometimes, and it's it's like Jesus, bro. It's like he he was able to sit with a person in their pain mm. 
and say nothing. Yeah. And sometimes that's all that a person needs hmm. rather than all the, oh, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. Oh, you know, um, there's going to be, there's going to be a better future. They're not worthy of you, <laughs> you know, you or, you know, you <laughs> know, to people trying to make you feel better and, and bless yeah. people's hearts, man, because they, they want to make you feel better. Yeah, yeah, they want to make yeah, you, yeah. They, they feel in your pain. You're like, oh, let's just sweep that under yeah, the rug yeah. and just let's get into a, yeah. a healthy mindset, you yeah. know, but sometimes you know, it is messy. It's yeah. ugly, bro. Absolutely. And and that's why I'm grateful for those times and the time since that we've caught up because yeah. that's what our friendship is built upon, is that rawness. Yeah. That, you know, you can tell me straight, I can tell you straight. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's anything unsaid in our friendship. No, there isn't. Yeah. And we need friendships like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We may not see each other all the time, but when we do, it's 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 uh, cuts through all the red tape. Yeah. You know it's not fluffy. Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, so I made that um, that that choice, and I was like, Mum, Dad, I have to do this. Yeah. I just have to do this. So if I don't do it, I'll regret it my whole life. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I, I signed up and I went, man. Yeah. And I did a diploma first mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And then I, I sort of went, oh, yeah, it was cool. And God said, keep going. Mm. And I was just like, ah, it's 55 grand for this degree. <laughs> and I was like, Jesus. I was like, and so I chose to keep going, man. You yeah, know what wow. I mean? And so, and then. I got the news that the divorce was happening and all sort of stuff. And then the panic attack started. Mm. Had a motorbike crash as well. But yeah. Fractured my spine. So I was out for a month as well. Still didn't fail a trimester, you know, um, at that time. And uh, continued going forward. And it was hard though. Because I felt like... One thing I want to point out is that... <clears throat> It would be hard just for a normal person who's going to study, even if they got nothing going on, their life's good, but they're studying something, mm. just the pressure alone on their mind would yeah, be enough, life. right? Yeah. yeah. But for me, I felt like, okay, here I am, I'm studying, I'm trying to learn a new craft, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, Yeah. but yet I'm so distracted by the emotional trauma and pain that I've got going on outside of this yeah. that it's distracting my attention from the thing that I say that I love yeah. so therefore I feel like am I really retaining what it is that I'm learning mm. or am I just kidding myself that I'll get to the end of my degree and still be this entry level amateur that won't be able to really help anybody yeah. because you know it's, I know it sounds bad but like uh, my ex-wife now um, took my attention mm. still had control over me because right. I gave my mind you know my, my energy to there. that you know yeah. what I mean yeah. and it's like then you can get into that whole blame game or you, you you did it all you did it again or you did mm. this you did that and it's like yeah. that you just become this foul person yeah. yeah. and that's not the person I want to be that's yeah. not the person I don't I think anybody wants to be yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. so that was incredibly difficult for me man because I just wanted to be able to do something well. Yeah. I knew God asked me to go into it, and yeah. I was like, "Okay, Lord, I really, really need your help." Yeah. Because if 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 you don't help me, if you do not help me, I won't I won't be able to do this. Yeah. You know That's what I'm right. saying? That's right. 
And so going through the divorce, all the panic attacks, you know, the doubt that creeped in about you never help anybody, your music will never be heard, you know, you're too old, um, you're not making any money right now, you know, um, sometimes I'm left with like a dollar in my account, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I see other people going out, you know, and they're eating and they're enjoying life and they don't seem to have this anxiety that I have. Yeah. You know, and the whole time in the other part of my heart, I'm going, you have a plan, God. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have a plan. Yeah. You know, what am I going to do? You know, I heard the scripture in the Bible that talks about when you've done all that you can do, that's when God comes and does what he, only he can do. Yeah. And so that's never been more real in my life. Yeah, because you're like that. You're living in that. Well, I'm trying to. I'm not perfect, bro. Like I've had, I had my days of procrastination, and I would do the cramming last minute because I was feeling so weighed down, like I couldn't do my assignments. Where I was like, "Uh, how the heck am I going to get this done?" Yeah. And then, sure enough, I'd cram last minute, and I've done that. Yeah. And then I got it done. Was it my best? No, but I passed. Mm. And I was like, "I'm, I'm cool with that for right now. Yeah. All the stuff I'm facing, I'm cool the fact that I'm just getting through it. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and any and other person in your shoes would have given up, I, I, I would say. Oh, right. like looking, looking from the outside, you know, I, would think, I would think like, dude, like, come on. You know, like, you need to stop and like focus on getting yeah. this stuff done. But there, there seems like there's this like inner drive... And you just keep going, going, and you know, yeah. like you said, it's not always perfect because you know what your results are, you know what you're capable of, yeah. you know what like your best looks like, yeah. and it's not always perfect. But you just keep going and yeah. keep going and keep going and keep like, what? Can you explain what what that's about? Yeah, I think uh, you know, there's a difference between optimism and hope, man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just explain that. A yeah. person can choose to be optimistic, mm. you know, and not really acknowledge or say what reality really is yeah so to me it's like fake optimism Mm. because you're not really accepting the fact of what's really taking place in that moment Mm. you're just trying to put your head somewhere so that you can feel better in yourself yeah right yeah but then you have hope what hope does hope bursts courage Mm. So when you transition from that mindset of optimism into a mindset of hope, yeah. then you find the courage whilst you're in the pain and you're in that struggle yeah. to continue moving forward. Mm. And so I had to switch my mind from, okay, well, I'm going to choose to hope yeah. and I'm lucky that I'm blessed that I had God to help me with that. Yeah. I don't know how people can have hope without God. Yeah, that's a hard concept to that's understand. Hard, yeah, because what do you put? What do you put your hope in? That's right. People, yeah, yeah. or nature, yeah, or you know, people say the universe. Well, who created the universe? <laughs> there has to be a creator. You feel me? That's right. Yeah. So it's like I was like, man, I I need to. I was raised in a family where God always was good. He mm. has a plan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, okay. I'm just going to make that choice to hope anyway. Right? Yeah. That's that awesome. If I don't give up and I do not give in, that at some point something is going to happen. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It wasn't like just going, I hope something happens or, you know, something like that. It was like, no, I'm going to believe 
but as I hope, I'm going to find courage to find strength to continue. And some days, bro, it was putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. That's all I could do. Yeah. That's just the truth of it. Yeah. I couldn't do the, you know, I couldn't see beyond what was in the future. Because when every time I looked in the future, I saw everything that wasn't or mm. what couldn't be. Yeah. So that scared me. Then I looked in my present moment and I was like, nothing's happening. I've got mm. no money. I live with my parents. I'm now single again. Mm. Like, massive insecurities, yeah. man. Yeah. Massive insecurities. Because yeah. I'm going, like my, you think to yourself, my life's over. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, but then you remember you're 29. Yeah, I'm turning 30. I got I got 60, 70 years in front of me. Bro. Yeah, that's right. So many things can happen in that time frame. Absolutely. So I started. To, another thing I started doing, man, is like when I would feel those times of despair. When it, in the beginnings, I started placing my attention on guys who were who had gone through struggle and who were now succeeding mm-hmm. because of like you know choices and, and routines that they'd made you know yeah. I, mean? I had a mentor I've got a mentor right now his name's yeah. Glenn Bergsman dude yeah. that guy helped me massively yeah massively bro he gave it to me straight yeah you know I even had one time where I got annoyed at him for not calling me back <laughs> and he was like nah mate he said this is the relationship that we have yeah this is what this is what it is this is what it isn't mm. I'm not that person to go oh come here bro and let me put my arm around you mm. you know yeah, I'm, I'm here I'm a person to transition you from okay this has happened how are we going to respond to this Yeah, and so he taught me this concept so the event plus the response equals the outcome, the outcome. right yeah, so when an event no matter what event happens right we that event is outside of our control right this is how it works mm. but what's in our control is our response to that event yeah right yeah. And as if we respond the best that we know how and the most effective that we can, it will have a, a drastic effect on that outcome. Yeah. Mm. You know? Um, but then again, in saying that, we can do everything right and put it all out there and it can still go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. But that's where faith comes in. That's right. That's where hope yeah. comes in. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. That To me, that's not fake optimism. No. That's no. real life. Yeah. I'm putting it all on the line. Like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm for real you about are, my yeah. dream, bro. Yeah. I'm for real about what it is that I feel God's called me to. I'm for real about this passion I've got to want to help and add value to people's lives. Mm. That's what I want to do. Yeah. I don't know in what every aspect that's going to happen, but if I don't move towards it, and I don't yeah. like make moves where I don't care what people think about me and all mm. that sort of stuff. Mm. Not that I'm going to turn down cr- credible, um, you know, like uh, constructive criticism. Yeah, we all need that. Feedback is so important. Yeah, 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 we can't get caught up in our feelings and go, "Oh, well, they're just against me and they're haters, man." <laughs> you know, they're just hating on me. Yeah, nah, bro, they're giving you constructive feedback to help you grow. Yeah, to continue you forward in your journey. Yeah, on your path, man. Yeah. And if you, and you know what, this is the thing you got to ask yourself. If there's a number of people saying the same thing about you, you got to ask yourself, okay, well, is there some truth mm-hmm. to what it is that people are saying? Mm-hmm. And do I really need to make some adjustments yeah. in order for me to really um, nip that in the bud and go, okay, nah, that's on me. Okay. I yeah, need to make yeah, those yeah, changes yeah. and I will. Mm. Or, 
is it them all just hating? Yeah. And, like, either way, you know what it is. Yeah. I'm you sure. know yourself. We're not that blind. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, so. Um, one for me that came up, this is being very vulnerable, is um, I was very unreliable. Mm. Like, in my jobs, you know, um, a lot of my employees would say the same thing. Mm. You're, not, you're not reliable. Mm. You say yes in the moment, and then you don't come through. Mm. I had to take a long, hard look at myself. And I, and I said, no, I'm not going to be that anymore. Yeah, great. And I started, so when I had full-time employment, whether I was sick, whether I was feeling anxiety, I'd go. You're wrapped up. That's right. And then, the, the, and then what happens is, is then those people have a choice to make. They either stay in the same perception they had of you. Or they change. Or they change their perception of you. That's right. But I was done with trying to manage other people's perceptions of me. Mm. That's what it was for me. Yeah. You feel me? So now... I started putting my, my headspace there. I started following entrepreneurs online, you know, at, like saved and unsaved, Christian mm, and unchristian, yeah, anybody. Because yeah, yeah. they're all saying the same thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Taking risks, you know, and, and not letting fear drown your dreams. Drown and, That's right. You know, um, you know, creating routines, you know what I mean? And all this healthy stuff, you know what I'm saying? I, really I, know where, I, yeah. I know where it comes from. Yeah. It all comes from God. <laughs> it does. I know that for me. Yeah. It may come from the universe for them or it may come from the self from them, you know? <laughs> and I know where it comes from yeah, for me. Yeah. So I'm able to filter that out as That's I awesome. as I view the content. You feel yeah. me? So um That's yeah. awesome. Guys, that is the end of the first part of this episode. Tune in next week for part two. See you then.